0: Well, today is our—believe it or not—our fifteenth annual Thankful Family Meal. Come on! We moved into this building in 2003, right around in December, and so in 2004 was our first one. And the name, we're so, I'm so excited today. I just thought I'll text him and see if he's around because I wasn't sure if he'd moved out of the area or he'd been away. Steve Sugar, could you stand up? This is—remember Steve Sugar? Anybody, old timers? Thank you, Steve. He, he had it in his heart to call it Thankful Family Meal. And uh, so he cooked for the whole thing, right? You know, he's a, got a big time, great stuff. And now we've, God has multiplied our cooks and chefs and decorators. But thank you for that. The, you know, I love the phrase. The Lord gave you that phrase. It's thankful. You know, tis the season to be thankful, Um. And, you know, of course, as Christians, we should be thankful every day, right? Ephesians 5.19 says, says, in everything, give thanks. Not, uh, y'all were afraid that I was just going to fall off, right? Yeah, you were afraid I was going to fall off, right? <laughs> in everything, give thanks. We are, we are uh, as believers, we don't give thanks to God uh, for everything, but in everything. And so that's our lifestyle, even though this is the season in which both people all around the world and around, at least in the United States, think about things to be thankful for and vocalize them. But as, as a Christian, no matter what's going on, we can be thankful, yeah. right? Because, because Hebrews 12, 28 says, because we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, yeah. let us give thanks. And because of one of, the, one of the phrases I've heard back years ago through some worship leader, through the winds of through vineyard worship, once I was on the road to hell, now I'm on the road to heaven as a Christian. You know, no matter what kind of day you're having, think about this. I was on a conveyor belt leading me into a fiery furnace yeah. called hell, and now I'm on a conveyor belt leading me into heaven, so I've always got something to be thankful for. Psalm 105, these things are always true. Giving thanks in everything because the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, his truth endures to all generations. You can always be thankful for those things. It's called family, thankful family meal. We are, as the body of Christ, the family of God. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Why? Because we have the same dad. We have the same Father. Now, no matter what your family life has been, if you've said yes to Jesus, you are a member of the greatest family in the universe. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit have welcomed you in, and you are, that's the greatest family ever. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit loving us, but we also have each other. And whether you're a, a visitor, you're a long time, you know, now you're connected to other places or, or wherever. We're all part of the family of God. And so that's why we make this like a living room today. And then it's thankful. Tis the season to be thankful. Tis the season for family to get together. And tis the season for eating, right? Meal. Tis, you know, originally in 1623, the pilgrims inaugurated Thanksgiving as a time of fasting, and somehow the E got put in the word fasting and turned it into feasting, okay? So I'm good with fasting and feasting, although my body likes feasting better than fasting, but it's become a time to feast. And so uh, we're going to hear some testimonies here of God's goodness that I believe are going to do two things today. They're going to encourage us to be thankful, more thankful ourselves, and that when we hear testimonies, they also encourage us in our faith that, hey, if God did something to bless the people that are going to be sharing, if he blessed them, he's no respecter of persons. He wants to bless me too. And so it encourages us in our faith to believe for more divine activity and encounter with God, both in our hearts and in our circumstances. But before I do, I just have something real quick to share. Um, I don't want <clears> to <throat> kind of ruin the, the, the mood, so to speak. You know, someone used to call it being a worm in the wedding cake. You know, I don't want to quench the kumbaya vibe, okay? But I do feel led to uh, talk about and give us a warning. You know, pastors and leaders are supposed to admonish, the Scripture says, right? I want to give a warning in love today about the dangers of being unthankful. You're going to hear the right things coming out of the mouths of people today. But sadly, too often, in my case, in the case of many, the wrong things come out of our mouth. And it's a danger. There's a spiritual danger that can go on when we don't have the right things coming out of our mouth. I felt like the Lord spoke in my heart a couple of days ago that our nation is on fire. That our nation is like a forest fire, like a wildfire right now in the spirit. A fire of sharp division is going on because of the harsh and incendiary rhetoric that we hear in the media uh, throughout social media platforms and whatnot, there's there is a fire going on between Democrats and Republicans, between branches of government, between media outlets, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, on city councils, on award shows in Hollywood. I call it incendiary rhetoric. It's words that can cause a fire, and that's actually in the Bible. I'm going to read this as you see that because it's James 3, 5. It's in your notes. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. It is set on fire by hell. You just think, oh, I'm just saying stuff. But spiritually, we can set a fire. We can set a good fire or a bad fire. But verse 8, But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men, and have been made in the similitude of God. Who have been made in the similitude of God? Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. My prayer is that River in the Hills would be a firefighting church that we would be like Smokey the Bear. Yeah. Smokey the Bear. We, uh, we should be, a, we could call ourselves a Smokey the Bear church. <laughs> Notice it only, does it say that? It, one of the sayings is only you can prevent forest fires. We can choose with our mouths and what we say to put out fires or to start holy fires with our mouth. Through our prayers, I believe God's called us to be a church and a prayer room That helps put out the forest fire in our nation, in our family, in our churches, in our region, that our tongues will be set on fire by heaven rather than by hell, by being baptized in the Holy Spirit to say things and speak things that will put out those fires. I said last week, I have come to realize in this prayer room that the Lord moves at the sound of my voice. And so when you come before the Lord in your prayer closet or you sign up to be a gatekeeper here or wherever, when you take time to pray, verbalize your prayers to God, you are like those planes <clears throat> that fly over the fires, dousing them with water or fire-retardant material. And I, I kind of looked at that. I get kind of wild in my illustrations, but see, it's red. You know, we plead the blood. Over our nation. I know. I, I get that way, right? <clears throat> but that's what we do. He moves at the sound of our voice. So break the sound of our voice. Say, Lord, like Suzanne did earlier today. Lord, would you tamp down the, the rhetoric and, and the hatred in our country? Release peacemakers in our yeah. government. Yeah. I just want to give a cu- couple of verses, and then, then we'll, we'll, we'll go on. They're in your notes here that warn us about grumbling and complaining. Unthankfulness is a subtle snare, and I'm the I'm, I'm the first in line to say, "Lord, help me with my tongue." But what comes out, how we express unthankfulness, many times is by complaining and grumbling. Yeah. Philippians two, do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without faith in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. This implication is clear from this verse that one of the marks of a true child of God is that they are blameless and pure. So if we're going to be true children of God, this is the big challenge, gulp. We're going to have to learn to do everything without complaining and arguing. Complaining should not come out of the mouths of God's children. Jude gives us a picture of the ungodly, Jude 15 and 16. Four times in verse 15, the writer, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, describes ungodly four times to describe these kinds of men that the Lord is displeased with. And in verse 16, we see the description of these ungodly men. Look at the first two things these ungodly men are grumblers and complainers walking according to their own lusts. And they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. The first two characteristics of these ungodly men were they grumbled and they complained. They're grumblers because they walk, according to the verse there, according to their own lusts. Think about the times we complain. Ultimately, I kind of boil it down to I start complaining about something, someone or something because it's causing me inconvenience, yeah. because I perceive it as blocking me from my promotion or my uh, recognition or whatever it is. I see things, people getting in my way or, you know, they're, in, they're inconveniencing me, right? Anybody ever get inconvenienced on the highway? right? You start to complain. You blocked me, right? I mean, it can be as simple as that. They're not helping me succeed, so I'm going to complain. It has to do with our own lusts. Finally, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 7 through 11. I'm not going to go through this deeply, but here's the, it's a warning for Christians. And Kyle, you can get ready there with, the next, with those few. Uh, verse 10, don't complain or murmur as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them. It's talking about Israel as they went through the wilderness. These things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our instruction. And so when they began to be unthankful, they were exposed to fiery serpents. And so I'm just going to stop in that in this solemn moment before we hear the, the the good, the thankful, to warn us when we become unthankful. We open the door for spiritual poison yeah. to bite us: bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, unbelief. We get out of the will of God. So after these testimonies, I want to whatever else the Lord wants to do. Before we're dismissed today, I want to pray for us to yield this unruly member, James 3 calls it, to yield it to the power of the Holy Spirit, to tame our tongue, to give our speech that which would edify and build up. So we're going to end with that, uh, at least one of the things, Kyle.
1: Well, I get the fun part of the service where I get to invite up. Yeah, just a second. I get the fun part of the service where I get to invite up a bunch of our members to give thanks, to think of specific testimonies over the last year where God has broken through for them, where they can just give God thanks in front of everybody. So this is an exciting time. And you can think of each one of these testimonies kind of in light of that verse as like an anti-venom against the, the spiritual forces of darkness that would come in with, with grumbling and complaining. So each one of these testimonies, each time you're thankful throughout your week, that's an antivenom against those fiery serpents that would try to come against you in a spiritual way. So this is an exciting time. Just want to give a, a quick minute on the power of testimony. You mentioned it a little bit. But testimonies, I love them because they reveal the heart of God and the nature of God in like the most profound way with real people in real time, real things that happen. They reveal the nature of God and the heart of God. They reveal how he feels about us with specific things that he does for us. They reveal his nature. They reveal what he likes to do in our lives. And just like my dad shared earlier, whenever you hear a testimony up here that you're about to hear and something in your heart says, I want that, I want God to relate to me, just like you related to that person. There is a wide open door with the power of testimony to claim and grab whatever God did for them into your life, into your experience. And so this is an exciting time. And testimonies, it's a real-time thing where they can actually change realities in your life. When you just hear with the ears of faith, a simple testimony of God coming through for someone, it can right now change the reality. So this is this is a spiritual exercise of warfare against the devil, of praising the Lord when we give these testimonies. So I want to encourage you all to listen with both ears, and if you feel in your heart like, I want God to do that for me, know there is a wide open door. There is nothing hindering you from receiving the same blessing that these people are about to share that God has bestowed upon them in the last year. So I want to pray for us. I'm gonna go Before I pray, I want to invite up the first batch of people. They're going to give testimony. And so if I could go ahead and invite up Karen McCutcheon. Give it up for Karen if you're in the house. Go ahead and invite up Ashton Reese. Woo! And then Patrick and Sonny Hagan. Y'all can go ahead and come on up. Yeah, you can give the beautiful young couple with the baby the big old couch. (laughs) So I'm gonna let Karen go first. And I just love Karen McCutcheon. She is faithful in this prayer room every week and she just loves Jesus. I remember my dad said a few years ago, he I think he came up to her and he said, Karen, you're really saved. Like you are truly saved. (laughs) There is no doubt about it. When you walk in and Karen is just praising, worshiping the Lord, like screaming out God's goodness, you just you can't doubt that she knows Jesus. Jesus has come through for her, so I can't wait to hear what she's going to share with us, and listen with both ears. So God, I thank you for these testimonies. Lord, I thank you in advance what you've done for Karen. Lord, what you've done for each person that's going to share, God. I pray that you would open up both of our ears, that we would listen with expectancy, that we would listen with faith, that we would listen knowing Jesus that you can do the same thing for us and even more. So, Lord, I bless each person that's going to share these testimonies, fill them with courage, fill them with clarity. Let every word that comes out of the mouth be from you, and let it build us up in Jesus' name. Karen, go ahead. Um,
2: So, in the past uh, year and a half or whatever, I've been through a a season of healing. Um, I was diagnosed with uh, mono and hepatitis at the end of 2017, and I'm a single woman, so I kind of had to go through this. It, I, I had to put all my faith in God. My insurance wasn't going to cover anything. So for that full year, I was just um, I was just exhausted. I couldn't even get into the word because I couldn't open my eyes, but I got rid of Netflix and PureFlix, and I just... Subscribed to Bethel and Todd White and all the healing uh, Joseph Prince and I just was there, listening to all these this healing and I truly 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 believed that God was going to supernaturally heal me because financially it cost the medication that I needed cost over a hundred thousand dollars it was like thirty thousand dollars a month to get this medication to save my life because my I must have had it for. Thirty years—I don't even know how long. So my liver was really—it was—it was really hurt. And so I'd even come in here, and I have to let you know that even if you come in here and you just lay on the couch, it's okay. Um, so um, through this time, I was—I kind of got a little work done, but you know, really not that much. And. Um, I was just depending on God for finances and and healing and the church was praying for me of course and then um then I had the pleasure of turning 65 which you usually think that that's not a good thing but it absolutely was because I was able to qualify for Medicare and um and you know finally I I was able to get some grants from, you know, that to help me because I had two medications. One was 30000 a month and the other was 3000 So I got some grants for the medication for $3,000 and um, God supplied over the, uh, finally at the beginning of the year, I was able to get the medication and um, I will say that right now I am Free, my liver is it's still healing, but I do not have that hepatitis in my blood anymore. Amen. And just, I have one more thing to say that, that you know, my son um, is sober for two years. So even though during this time I didn't have to worry about him because he has a passion for life and he's been sober for two years. And that's, that's, a, that's amazing. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much, Karen. Zero Trace of hepatitis in her blood. So if there's anyone in here with any chronic illnesses that doctors have said it won't go away or you're going to need all these this special treatment, this special medication, just take that right now. Let me just pray for you right now. God, any chronic illnesses in this room, I thank you for zero trace. Just as there's zero trace of sin or unrighteousness in her blood because of your blood, Jesus, I thank you for proving it by giving her health Thank you for caring and for anyone in the room who needs the same breakthrough, God. We release it right now by faith. And you can go ahead and just grab it if that's you. Grab it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Patrick and Sonny, go ahead.
3: Hi, guys. I just, I first want to say that God is so good and he's so faithful. I'm going to try to do this without crying. <laughs> Um, because he really is so good many uh, some of you here know my family's story and, and I'm sure a lot of you don't and I'm going to try to give you a, a quick synopsis of how everything happened without drawing it out so this is Avery Avery Quinn Hagen and she is just a testament of God's faithfulness. Patrick and I, we got married in 2013 and we immediately started trying to have children. We continued to get pregnant five times. Avery is number six and she is our surviving baby. We lost two of our babies, one going into the third trimester one going in the second trimester and those losses were back to back and extremely devastating as you can imagine to one's soul mind emotions marriage it just it was like the enemy was trying to just wreak havoc in our lives and it was affecting not only us but those around us anybody Connected to us was affected by these losses, um, and I just remember thinking, when I was when I was pregnant with my son Nolan before we lost him, thinking, Lord, if I ever lost this baby, I don't think I could make it. Um, because loss like that, losing children, losing anyone that you really love, it's just gut wrenching, and to have to have these losses happen back to back. I thought it was the end of me. I literally thought, and I'm a born-again Christian, you know, Bible school graduate, and I really, really did think that I couldn't keep going. But the one thing that I had that was instilled in me since I was young and through school is that no matter what you're going through, no matter if you can understand the reasons why or not, if they make sense to you or not, you go to the Father, period. That's it. There's only one answer. You go to the father, you take him everything, every hurt, every anxiety, every devastation, you take it and you lay it before his feet because only he can heal you. So I spent days in my closet, in the office, crying and them ugly tears, okay? We're talking about that ugly cry. (laughs) No, no, you don't understand. It was so ugly. I'm talking about the... (laughs) Just, you know, wiping your nose on everything you can get your hands on because you ran out of Kleenex, okay? So, (laughs) and so me and Jesus had a lot of intimate moments like that. And what I didn't realize then is that he was instilling a gratefulness within me, a soldier. He was building a soldier. He was building and hardening my heart against the enemy's attacks that I wouldn't be so easily swept and knocked down. And before we got pregnant with Avery, I remember asking the Lord, we had been trying and at first we thought maybe this wasn't gonna happen for us because the doctors had told me, I had, had a couple surgeries to prevent any losses um, before and they hadn't worked. And doctors told me I had one fallopian tube, so that meant I had one ovary that it was gonna work. I'm sorry if this is TMI for, for some of you. Um, and that the chances of me getting pregnant on my own were gonna be very slim and um, because of my losses, any pregnancy would be a high risk pregnancy. So before we got pregnant, I remember asking the Lord, Father. Now I did something that was very baby Christian of me. I don't, I don't recommend it, but the Lord met me where I was, and that's exactly where I was. So I'm just gonna be honest with you. I asked the Lord one night. Um, I was crying and. and Praying and crying out to him. And at 3 a.m. I said, Father, if I'm ever going to get pregnant again on my own, and I got very specific. I said that I'm going to get pregnant on my own, have a healthy and thriving pregnancy, healthy and thriving mother. Baby will be born healthy, alive, and survive. And that I will be born healthy, alive, and survive. Not not born, but you know, that I would survive everything. And I said, Lord, if you will do this for me, because it got to a point, sometimes when you're in grief, you can't hear from the father very clearly. And I got to the point that I couldn't hear his voice so clearly. It was almost as if he was just standing back, you know, not I want to say even hiding, just like he was just standing back away from me. Maybe he was waiting for me to to come to him with all of me or, or I don't know. I don't know why, but I just remember saying to him, if I'm ever going to have these things, I ask that you would show me in your word. And I said, I'm just going to flip this Bible open and I'm just going to just flip it open and I'm just going to turn it on anything. And I opened the Bible and I was reading one scripture um, prior to this one, but this one fell right under it and it was Psalms 139, 13 through 14. And it says, for you've created me in my inmost being. And I told the Lord, I said, if I'm going to get pregnant on my own with these things that I've asked for, let me open the Bible and find anything about birth, mothering, giving birth, you know, anything like that. I said, let, it, let me find it. And the first thing I opened to, I opened to Psalms. I wasn't thinking anything about pregnancy in Psalms. And the scripture says, for you created me in my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And I started to cry and I said, okay, Lord, I know this is foolish, but one more time. One more time. I just, I'm going to flip the Bible again and just one more time, show show me another scripture. I flipped the Bible one more page, and there was another scripture about fertility. And I said, okay, Father, this is the last time. I won't ask you one more time. I'm not, not trying to make you upset with me. I'm just One more time. And this time I took a chunk. I took a chunk of the Bible and flipped it somewhere completely different. And there was another scripture about giving birth. And I said, okay, Father, if I said, I'm going to take this as you telling me that this is going to happen for me. And I had asked him that it would happen before the end of the year, that the pregnancy would happen before the end of the year. And I said, so I'm gonna take your word and I'm gonna stand on this and this is what I'm gonna believe despite whatever other noise I hear around me. So I go to bed that night. I wake up the next morning, just decided to take a pregnancy test. No big, no, you know, just, I had a stack of them. You try as long as we have, you got a whole drawer full of them. So I took one, and it came up pregnant immediately. And I had tested two days before, and it was negative. And, you know, I just stood there, you know, dumb smacked. I didn't even know. I was just like, okay, it was that easy. It was that easy. And it was just like the father just showed up. In the pregnancy, we had some surgeries we did to ensure the the – long or to finish the pregnancy but the father just literally took care of me and he took care of me in such a way that he provided every need when it was time for the baby shower I wasn't gonna throw one or if I was gonna throw it was gonna be very small and I was just talking to the Lord about it and that next Sunday I came to church and the pastor's wife said we want to do something for you we want to throw you a baby shower and you could have knocked me over because I was just like, Father, what a blessing. And so many people showed up and just spread so much love to us and this baby. And I'm so grateful for it. I wanna thank all of you who've sown seed into our lives. And uh, that's it. I just wanna say God is good. Avery's here. We give him praise. This is our miracle baby.
4: everybody. Um, my name is Ashton and um, uh, I, I am really excited to share with you guys this morning um, and I've got a lot of work involved in mine, so this is not a commercial and please see through any work talk I talk about to see the circumstances of what was going on in my family and why it's, it's so monumental. So um, the Sunday before uh, the first of the year here, um, you know, about a year ago almost, uh, Rachel gave a talk on seizing the moment and um, doing what you feel prompted to. And so I had been putting off making a video about the work that I do for a month and a half because I didn't really know what to say and I was trying to do my other job and my new job on the side, so I was kind of keeping it on the down low. And I just felt like the Lord said, go for it. And so left church, went home, I was dressed nice, didn't have to change, went onto our back patio and had my wife record a five-minute video. And so I sent it out to a lot of people, uh, a lot of which you guys probably saw. Um, But I was driving to work on the first Monday of January saying, Lord, I don't know what I'm supposed to be praying for this year. Is it my old work to be really successful this year or is it my new work? And I, I said, Lord, I don't know. And by 10 a.m. I was brought into my boss's office because he got the video and I got fired. <laughs> and so this is that thankful, unthankful thing, you know. And I was like, oh, damn, you know. My dad said that was going to happen. Uh, and But I didn't care. I was too frustrated of, li- you know, living what I felt like was my comfortable life versus thriving and flourishing and what I felt he was calling me to. And so I got fired. Um, that wasn't cool. I didn't think that was, uh, I didn't, you know, there's circumstances, blah, blah, blah. But I just, I had a general um, dislike of people who who get fired. You know, why do you get fired? You know, and I was like, I did this to myself, you know, and I'm like, good job. So anyhow, well, the Lord was so cool because I had been I had been doing this other job on the side, and he had three huge deals already in the works for me. So, like, on day one, I had three huge paychecks coming over the next three months, so that was awesome. Um, and then, over the year, um, he had already provided, in years prior, some resources that we could just live on for, you know, a couple years if we needed to. And those it's, I was telling somebody the other day, we haven't seen that amount. I was, I was assuming we're almost a year into this. I was assuming it was going to just kind of go like this for two years and hit zero. And then rubber really meets the road. Right. And it hasn't, it hasn't diminished. And not only has that resource not diminished, he's allowed us to do some amazingly awesome things that you would never think to do. So like, you know, Pastor Nate is an amazing um, carpenter. Well, he put a butcher block counter over our washer dryer that we just had done. He built some shelves for us. These are all things that you don't do if you don't have any money. You know, Like you don't spend this and, and, and make life just cherry like HGTV if you don't have the money. <laughs> and not only that, he's also, you know, this is totally exclusive from this discussion, but, I paid off my truck this morning. We bought Stacy's car last month. Those are paid for. Like, the, these are not things that, this isn't me. This is him, you know. And, you know, we're trying to live out of debt and all these different things. And it's like, well, you have the money. Pay for it, you know. And so then the second half this year has been wild. Um, I, uh, so, um another instance where I was felt prompted here to go put some action behind what I felt. I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying. in a year and a half ago or so, give or take, Pastor Nate shared a, um, a sermon on discipleship. And so opportunities pass. You know, if we wait too long, which is often 12 minutes, they pass. And so I, I approached someone here and that relationship has been going on for about a year and a half, uh, or so. And of no merit of my own of no, um, cause I'm awesome. This person believed in me and has kind of just spoken life into my work more than, um, more than, you know, necessarily I was qualified, you know, I'm doing everything I can to get qualified, but this person saw the character in me to say, bro, this is a big deal, but you're doing it for me. And so I'm just so grateful, um, for, you know, this, this year has been awesome. You know, I'm I'm spending more time with my family, which is amazing because that's what I care most about along with the Lord um lord's taking care of the finances work is fun which is new for me um and so there's so many different areas that are thriving in my family right now and so when they asked for me to share this morning i said or or it wasn't this morning whatever so um i I thought about it and i was like oh yeah I, i think i have some things i could share and then I was reading the notes here this morning while well, before Glenn was talking, and it was this thankful versus unthankful, because I actually look back at the last year, and mo- I, I fight every day to be thankful, um, because nobody wants to work with somebody who's unthankful, because they're a victim, and that's annoying, in my opinion. But, <laughs> But... So I have to fight for that, you know, but it's so true, because every day my wife knows. You know, I'm also fighting the other side of like oh you know i wish this would come through or you know whatever you know it's this daily fight of living a th- living in thanks and uh it's so much more fun um living in thanks and we we live in a wonderful country to where we get to do this every year as a reminder and it gets beaten into our lives but what if we did it every day so my my encouragement to everybody is um is to seize that opportunity when when the spirit is pressing you on something go talk to this person or go talk to this person or take another trip around to go talk to the guy under the bridge, go for it. You know, you have no idea because six of my deals this year came out of me saying, okay, I'll go ask him to disciple me. Six deals, you know, it's insane. So um, I'm just thankful um, and thank you all for this morning.
1: Give it up for these three. So I'll go ahead and invite up the next three. Um, Haley Vaughn, you can go ahead and come up here. Taddy Sandstrom and Joseph and Chelsea Schultz. And we have the food is not going anywhere. If you're looking at the clock, it's noon. I need to eat. So we'll get through these <laughs> and just be encouraged. Each one of these is is like an arrow in your quiver that you can shoot. You can remember Uh, The same Jesus who's doing all these amazing things for them can do it for you. So just take these as an arrow. Just remind yourself of them when God reminds you. So I'll go ahead and have Haley share first.
5: Hi, (laughs) y'all. Yeah, so Kyle asked me to share something I was thankful about um, the other day. And about three different stories flooded to my my mind immediately. And I'm still kind of (laughs) deciding which one to, to share. Um, just God is good. And that is like the blanket, like truth that he has just grown, um, in me just to believe my faith has grown so much over the past seven years, um, and then year. And then even in the last couple months, um, so, um, I'll try to keep this short as (laughs) I know everyone up here. It's like, how do I do that? But, um, so I think the story that or the testimony that I, I want to share is that of it's really of my entire family, um, and so we I I grew up in the D.C. area. I have a brother and a sister and my parents, um, and we're a mixed family in the sense that all of the kids are adopted. Uh, my brother and I are adopted together, and then we have an older sister who was adopted a couple years before us, and um, and so as you can imagine, I mean. Uh, there, our relationship uh, had different challenges that does in in, in families with adopted kids, um, different insecurities, just the enemy, you know, throwing throwing stuff at us that just wasn't true, um, and so anyway, that's kind of like the base. Um, and fast forward, you know, uh, to the end of my high school career, <laughs> uh, we, we found out that my dad had uh, brain cancer. And, uh, so that was in 2012. And, um, throughout throughout the years, God has, has shown me a lot, um, of in terms of just like, and at, at, at that time, I like my relationship with Jesus looked very different than it did now. You know, I'd go to church, I would serve in, you know, Sunday school, I would, you know, you know, be, be present, but I had no real personal relationship. I had no idea. Like what God's intentions were for his, his children, really. Um, but he really taught me just the power of prayer and in, in that season and still. And so over the, the seven years, every couple months or so, there'd be some sort of, you know, new procedure or new tumor or infection. You know, you know how that can go with cancer. I think everyone in here knows someone who has had a similar story. And, um, And so, similar to to the story that I shared earlier about the insurance, there's insurance stuff too. You know, it's so complex. Um, And the reason that I bring up my my family makeup too is simultaneously there was uh, a story of my sister. Um, She um, got pregnant um, when she was 19, had her her baby at 20, got married to her husband right before they they gave birth. Um, And ever since, it's been a really, really difficult marriage. And so, over the last couple years or so, they've been working through divorce, and uh, that's not what m- my sister wanted um, <laughs> at all. You know, she wanted a fight, as you know, a, the you know a proper Christian would would think to do. You know, I, I want to save this marriage, et cetera, and that's just not what the Lord had for for her. And it was really difficult, um, and it took a really really long time to um, to get the, the custody of her, now two kids, um, and uh, the divorce to be settled because her ex-husband was a very um, difficult individual to, to deal with. And um, so anyway, over um, the last year or so, um, that, those details were sort of finalized simultaneously while my dad was still fighting all this cancer stuff. I had moved to Texas. My twin brother was in the area in Texas, moved back to the East Coast, not really present. So I was in this this whole, the season of, um, even though it wasn't my personal story, it's still your family, so you carry it really closely. And so, um, I don't know why I'm like, have tears, just cause, it's, it's heavy, but it's like an overwhelming sense that God is just so good and that he has taught me that he is faithful and that he hears our prayers and he knows like, I, I honestly think that if I did, <laughs> thank you, um, I honestly believe that it, without, without these stories of um, my dad's illness and of my sister's um, trials that i would not know jesus the way i do now and um he's just been so faithful and so anyway just um fast forwarding so my my sister was kind of quarantined in in arizona um with her husband while the all of the custody stuff was going on she wasn't going to move unless she got 100 percent custody of her kids and so we were praying um with with people all across the United States, in Arizona, in Texas, in the D.C. area, in, you know, uh, everywhere. I'm praying, Lord, like, what, <laughs> like, really, God, like, what should we do? Um, God, like, please show up. Very general, like, in, in times, because we, like, literally, and then also very specific, like, God, like, uh, with my dad, <laughs> like, heal, heal, heal him from this cancer, like, whatever. And... Um, and so anyway, uh, fast forward to this, this past summer, um, we, we, we heard from my sister's ex-husband that he wanted to meet to talk about the custody and essentially he just said, I'm done fighting. Um, I, I want to like let you have, have custody of, of these kids. Like I'm, I'm done spending money on this, um, and so I was able to to go to. Uh, that meant my sister could move back back to the East Coast to be a family, and so I was able to to drive with her across um, country with her, the, her two kids. And it was just this this um, I don't know this moment of all the all these years of just trial and of faith and, and believing that God would would provide a way from the d- the desert. And for the w- the wilderness into this this new season, it was just m- this moment where I looked back and I saw my niece and nephew, five years old, four years old, and they have no idea, you know, what what they were saved like what they were potentially saved from, and it was just this moment where I was like, oh my goodness, God, thank you. And so now my sister lives in the D.C. area in my parents' house, where my dad still continues to fight cancer, <laughs> um, but it's just this. I think this story, it's not yet done. Um, and I, I, I just felt like I wanted to share that. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he's, he's still fighting and like people are, you know, this is year seven, eight of people just praying for deliverance and for healing in him. And I think just my family continues to grow and just believing, okay, like this is, this is hard hard work in the sense of like we just got to believe every day <laughs> that um, he's going to provide, but he he has and there's just a testimony. Okay, my kid, my sister's kids live in a safe home. They have their grandparents close. Um, my sister is now able to like go to college and, and finish finish up that and live this new life. And I just have this sense of of peace that now they are all provided for. So. Um, that's that's something that's been
6: happening <laughs> recently.
1: Thank you so much, Taddy, go ahead.
6: Hi everyone. Um I will not I'll will be short for y'all. <laughs> so, I have been um really thinking about this, and, you know, at first I was thinking, oh, I'll talk about family. You know, we all have families, and we're all enmeshed in different ways, and we have work families, and we have, you know, outside families and church family, and then I'm like, no, that's not what the Lord wants me to say. So, actually, it wasn't until just probably a few minute, uh, minutes ago that I really felt that the Lord wanted me to talk about... Um, one thing, you know, and it and it's really easy to talk about other people's testimonies, like their healings and that kind of thing. But for yourself, it's it's harder. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to talk a little bit about finances. So um, I was brought up to be extremely independent. I'm the oldest of six, and I was taught um, don't depend on anyone, and uh, you make a way for yourself. You know, you you just. You, you can't rely on anybody to help you, to take care of, you know, so my whole life I grew up being extremely independent. I mean, poor Carl, you know, I mean, <laughs> he, you know, he's like, what are you doing now, you know? But uh, for finance-wise, you know, and so I grew up in the Catholic Church, and it wasn't until I was 38 that I was saved. So, you know, so, for all that time, i you know I'm trying to solve things on my own or fix things or whatever um you know, and so so, when that happened, though, so then you know you get into this whole thing about tithing, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try this, you know, and then I'd be like. Oh, no, uh, I, it's like I would get so scared about it, you know, and, um, and even it's, it's a struggle for me even now. So I try to do this and then something will come up. And um, so a number of months ago, there was uh, someone here from another church. And that's um, probably a lot of, you know, I'm very creative. I do quilting and embroidery, all that kind of stuff. So I've always wanted to do my own embroidery business. And so um, this person beside me, uh, you know, just during, we were just saying hello. And he said, you know, he goes, I really feel like the Lord, you know, is behind you for this business. Whether you fail or not, he's going to take care of you financially. And I'm like, what? How You know, I mean, I was like, I didn't know. How does he know this, you know? And uh, so, but, and then at the end of the service, he said, he gave me, out of his wallet, the only money he had, which was $50. And he said, I want you to have this and put it away, You know, put it toward your business. And I'm like, I felt so bad though. I was like, I could see his wife, his child, and I'm like, he's giving me the only money that's in his wallet, you know? And um, so, so even now, it's, uh, so it's something that I, I really want to be able to do. So I took his money and I put it away. And um, it's still there, <laughs> you know, and uh, so, but recently, um, I think that I've been having more difficulties at work because it's become extremely corporate, and so I'm really praying about, is this my time that I just take a step of faith and step out now, financially, Kyle and I are. We're really poor, <laughs> so um, like like at this point, uh, we have ten dollars in our savings and maybe uh, probably under a hundred in our checking right now. But, but <laughs> I have to say, um, you know, we're trying to be financially, um, you know, diligent to what the Lord wants us to do, and so you know, like here's Thanksgiving coming. And you know what? I'm not even worried about it. And my daughter can't do Thanksgiving this year because she just had a baby two weeks ago. And I said, oh, I'll do this, you know. And I'm like, he's like, how are we going to do it? I'm like, I don't know, but it'll happen. It'll work out. So um, I think that the Lord is really working on me to, like, just rely on him. You know, he's the one that's going to take care of us. He's our Jehovah Jireh. you know, and so for all of this, it's like, okay, Lord, you know, but it's going to be really hard for me to step out and just go, okay, here we go, you know what I mean, because it's a whole new thing, um, interestingly, the quilt shop that I go to, they're expanding in January, and she's like, oh, do you want to rent a little space from me for your, all your embroidery things, and I'm like, wow, yeah, I think I do, (laughs) you know, so it's, um, it's a work in progress and I appreciate all prayers, <laughs> but I think that the biggest lesson is for me this year is not to rely on me, you know, but to rely on um, on God for his, you know, faithfulness, his care of us, his everything. And so that's my story.
7: <laughs> Hello. Um, Chelsea, Joseph, and Judah here. Uh, So around last Thanksgiving is when we shared the news that we were pregnant, and that alone was a testimony. Um, I know that a lot of you all have contended for Joseph's healing, and um, just to see the faithfulness that God provided new life in Judah, but I have a specific story to share about Judah's name Um, So when we found out that we were pregnant, we wanted to wait to find out uh, if it was going to be a little boy or a little girl. Um, And so we worked really hard to put together a short list of boy names and girl names and really wanted it to be a name that carried a lot of purpose. Um, So we were very prayerful in putting those lists together. Um, So we came up with a short list of boy names and girl names. And on the boy name, or the boy list, Judah was up at the top. So uh that's a little backstory. And then in March, uh when I was uh about two thirds of the way through, um, we were at home group over at the Castons house and Judah with well, our baby was being very active. And so um I called Grace over and I said, Do you wanna feel the baby? And she laid her hands on my belly and um, She said that in that moment, she felt just the overwhelming love of Jesus for this baby. And so she was compelled to pray. So she started to pray. (laughs) I can't look at Grace because I'll start to cry. But she started to pray just a simple prayer of protection and proclaiming his his health and, you know, just belief in Jesus. She said that in that moment, she just had such a strong um, word in her spirit and The Lord told her, he said, his name is Judah, and he will be mighty. Um, And so those of you who have walked with us know that, you know, fear is one of those things that we struggle through just because of everything that we've been through. And so I, I heard that, and I was like, could that really be real? Like, is it just coincidence that the name Judah, that's at the top of our list, the Lord just declared it over him? So at this point, it was still like, it could still be a girl. We don't know, or maybe it's a boy. Um, so I just held on to that word, and I just thought thought through it. Um, and then the day came for Judah to be born, or a baby to be born. And um, so we had asked everyone in the hospital room to be silent when the baby came out because I wanted Joseph to speak the first words over baby. Um, and so after over thirty six hours of labor. <laughs> At 1.31 a.m., our baby arrived, and Joseph exclaimed, he said, it's Judah. Judah is here, praise God, and he spoke a beautiful blessing over Judah. And it was in that moment that, I, I mean, of course, new moms, you know, I mean, just the overwhelming sense of love, but I felt the love of the Father. It was like, see, I told you his name is Judah, and I have plans and purposes for his life, And our son was here, and he is mighty Judah. And what's so amazing is that the word of God tells us this. Um, In Isaiah 49, it says, Yahweh called me as his own before I was born and named me while I was still in my mother's womb. (laughs) Um, And the thing that's so amazing about that is you know, still to this day it defeats fear because it's like God's promised to me that, you know, you've got your son here and he's mighty and I've spoken this word over him. But the other thing that's amazing about it is that it's not just for Judah. (laughs) Um, It's for all of us. This is the word of God and he knew, he knew your name, he knew Grace's name, he knew Patty's name, he knew our names while we were still in our mother's womb and he has a plan and a purpose for us all. And what's really cool is that Judah's name means praise, and we clearly understand the power of praise, and that no matter what the circumstances of life are, we're called to praise and to give thanksgiving. So with that, we are very thankful for our Judah, mighty Judah.
1: Amen. Thank you so much. Go ahead and have a seat. So I just want to encourage you guys, before my dad blesses us and blesses the food, practice this, just what they did with us. I encourage you guys to practice it with your significant other, with your brother, your sister, your friends. When you go out to dinner, just just share what God has done in the last week and just watch the atmosphere of your conversation change, even the atmosphere of the, the restaurant that you might be at or wherever you're at, the atmosphere of your home. When you start sharing what God has done it releases heaven in the very now moment. So practice what they just did within your families, within your friends, with your spouse, with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so i going to invite my dad up. He's going to pray for us, and then we'll start eating. Thank you guys again.
0: Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Wow. I love you all. Love. What a great hearts. What a great church family we have. Amen. Give yourself a hand. I mean, it's just beautiful. We're all works in progress. We're all helping each other. You know, we're, we're one's weak, the other's strong, and we lift each other up, and you've lifted us up with your words. We're going to bless the food. I want to pray from uh, Romans 6.13. do says, don't, don't present your members, so think about this member. Don't present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, <coughs> but present your members to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. Father, I thank you that the, the power to live righteously is in our choice to present, to present our members, to present our heart, to present our yes to you. It is not in our own power or strength that we can live righteously. It is in our desperation and humbling ourselves and yielding ourselves to you. So, Lord, right now, I yield this unruly member of my body to you. Take my tongue, take my vocal cords, take my mind, my emotions, my heart, make them pleasing to you. Would you set a guard on our lips? Keep watch over the door of our mouth that we could speak words that build up and not tear down. In Jesus' name, would you bless this food. Bless the hands that made it. Bless Michelle and those that made this beautiful, these beautiful table decorations. Lord, would you inspire us to write on those runners with that chalk things we're thankful for, almost like they mirror what's (laughs) under this carpet. For when we moved in here, Lord, I remember 2003, people got on their hands and knees all over this concrete and wrote scriptures and declarations. I declare River in the Hills is River in the Hills Fire Department (laughs) putting out fires. We are a Smokey the Bear Church, Lord, (laughs) in Jesus' name for your glory. Amen. Amen.